Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. Welcome back, Cracked fans, to another edition of the Cracked Interviews Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. It's officially that time of year, folks. Time for us to run back one of our favorite segments here on the Cracked Interviews Podcast. We have officially reached the NCAA Sweet 16. As such, we are officially ready to unveil our Cracked Racket Sweet 16 press row, where I will attempt to speak with one representative from Every remaining Division One team still alive in that NCAA team event. Now, in the past, we've tried to speak with head coaches exclusively. I wanted to mix things up. We've been so fortunate to speak with so many of these head coaches, not just in the past, but in this 2023 season in particular, that, again, I wanted to hear a different perspective on where each of these teams currently sit entering this Sweet 16 weekend. As such, yes, you'll hear from some head coaches, but you'll also hear from some assistant coaches. You'll hear from some players over the next few days on this podcast. As again, I try to prepare all of us college tennis fans for the start of the NCAA Sweet 16. Before we get to today's episode, have to give a massive shout out to the support we get from our friends at Turner, who not only support this podcast, they support each and every week's episode of The Deciding Point and support tennis players everywhere by providing, simply put, the best grip available on the market. There's a reason all of us as tennis fans can identify a Turner grip on someone's racket. That iconic trademark blue color, it glistens on each and every tennis court. It's utilized, of course. It's also the best in the business, the most durable. It gets tackier as you sweat. And now they've got the latest iteration of their Turner grip as well as Turner has unveiled. Turner Tough, it's just a better version of that Turner grip all of us has come to love. You can, of course, find Turner Grips wherever you shop for your tennis supplies. And look, the next time you got to change your grip, know that Turner not only provides the best in the business, they support our podcasts here as well. So the least we can ask you to do is support them also. A massive shout out to our friends at Turner. Be sure to check out the latest iteration, the Turner Tough Grip today. With that said, let's get to it. Here is an episode from our 2023 NCAA Sweet 16 press row. Once again, joining us on the podcast somehow for the first time today is a man all of you college tennis fans will know best as a two-time All-American player himself and now the reigning ACC Coach of the Year as his team reaches the Sweet 16 for the first time since 2015. Welcome onto our show, head coach of the Duke men's tennis team, Ramsey Smith. Coach, how are you doing this morning? I am feeling great. Uh, thanks so much for having me and uh, appreciate uh, chatting with you this morning. 
Oh, it is an absolute pleasure to have you. And look, I want to get into the nitty-gritty of your opening weekend, the nitty-gritty of this season. But let's just start 30,000-foot view to get your program back into the Sweet 16 to be able to host two matches this past weekend at home. What does that mean to you? What does that say about the current state of Duke men's tennis? Yeah, we, we took some big step forward um, this uh, this year and really building last year, too. We made some some good progress um started reaching some of our goals this year uh we wanted to get in that top 15 so we're, we're hosting NCAA's, blaze hosting kickoff and uh really get back in the mix in the acc tournament um and regular season and uh yeah it's been really fulfilling for me i mean i obviously played for duke and and i have a special passion for this place and uh just really proud of my, proud of my players proud of my staff uh, particularly my coaching staff who's done a phenomenal job this year yeah you know more broadly, you guys, I think overall now on the year coming into this Sweet 16 round, 22 and 6 overall. But, you know, breaking things down, you look, you guys lost a 4 3 match to Kentucky on February 12th. You've lost to one team since then. And of course, that team happens to be the two time defending, uh, excuse me, the defending NCAA champs in the University of Virginia, now three time ACC defending champs. So, you know, we know what that program has been historically, but. Obviously, your guys have gone on a hell of a run these past three months. I don't, I don't want to say it's as simple as like what clicked in the middle of February because it sounds like it was a slow build. But what have you seen from your guys this season that have allowed them to take that next step forward? And what is, in my opinion, the hardest leap to take going from being very good to being a top 16 host seed? Yeah, it's been a great year. And, you know, I think we've kept things really simple. Like I'm not really too big on numbers, um, just trying to build. And our whole goal has been to just be playing our best tennis come tournament time. And, you know, we schedule tough like we always do. You said we mentioned lost to Kentucky, but we also lost to Harvard 4-3, lost to Middle Tennessee State, um, lost to Northwestern 4-3. And, you know, we we're getting to that moment and we just weren't able to push through. Um, so one thing that we've really worked hard on really, uh, you know, after that, that UVA loss was, uh, mental game training. And that's really been led by TJ Pura, who's been our volunteer assistant coach this year, former player of mine has brought so much passion and energy to the program and just figuring like, what do we need to do to push through in those situations? Um, and each week we have a new plan, a new focus, and again, just breaking things down really simple. And it's been neat to see the the confidence grow, the belief grow. And now we're going into all these matches, you know, believing that we're going to win. Was there a week like it was there a weekend in particular? I don't want to, again, simplify things, but I point to that weekend. You guys went on and we were fortunate enough to call all the ACC matches all year long. That's why I bring it up. I remember the weekend you guys went to Notre Dame. You went to Louisville. You got a couple of 4-2 road wins. The reason I bring those up in particular, because it sounds like from your answer, and this is a theme I've gotten from a bunch of coaches, how important, and I know this sounds like a silly question, but how important is belief? How important is actually seeing yourself get through the finish line? Because again, once you guys got through that Duke, uh, excuse me, that Louisville Notre Dame weekend, it did feel like all the close matches, the Florida States, the UNCs, the NC States, that's when things really did start to break your way. It all starts with belief. I mean, if you don't have that, you're just kind of 
swinging and, and hoping. Um, so we started conference play. We played Boston College at home, and then we played six matches on the road. Yeah. In a row in conference, which has never happened before. I don't know what happened with our ACC scheduling. <laughs> um, and there were some tough places to play. And I really think we, we came together as a team. I mean, on the road, you're spending even more time together than when you're home. And, uh, you know, we, we really clicked. We, we bought into, you know, just the team first mindset and the guys off court um, really supporting well. I thought we did a tremendous job of doing that. And I really think we won matches because of our uh, our unity and our team support. And then I would say the next turning point would be, you know, after we, you know, won some of those tough matches, we, uh, we lost UVA 7-0 at their place. And, you know, doubles point was closed, had some chances, didn't quite push through. And uh, I think there are three, three setters and singles. Mm -hmm. And I remember after that match, you know, we're pretty disappointed. And, you know, I told the guys that we're going to look back and this is going to be the best thing that could happen to us. Um, played pretty well. Tennis was pretty good. But uh, in terms of handling the situations, handling the, the ups and downs of the match, um, really managing the in-between the points, UVA was just much better than us. So that's when we made a, a true commitment to our mental training. And, and we're in week eight right now. And I really think that kind of, you know, just kind of jumpstarted us a little bit and uh, has gotten us in a good place. So um, again, I don't really look at the numbers, which is I try to focus one match at a time. And uh, it's been doing pretty well for us. Beyond the numbers, then, it does feel like as a casual observer, not a casual observer, this is my job. It's not, there's nothing casual about my observations, <laughs> I promise, coach. Um, but and this is not to say you are not a fiery competitor, because I know how competitive you are. I know how badly you want to win. That said, I do feel that this Duke team is more emotive, maybe, than Duke teams pass. And, you know, it helps to have the Krugs, who are just getting after it 24-7, 365. You know, I don't know if Andrew Dale's ever missed the ball. He's probably still grinding on a court five somewhere <laughs> out there. Um, but it feels like your team has played, I don't want to say played with more passion, because I don't think that's fair to teams, uh, teams of Duke past, but they're more open about their passion. It does feel like this group has embraced that element of college tennis this season. And I think it's led to their success. Is that fair? I agree. Uh, I think there's a certain grittiness. Um, you know, all teams have a lot of different personalities. You know, Garrett's pretty cool, calm and collected. Um, you have the Krugs, you have, you know, Michael Hellers, that's just, yeah. just crazy energy. And he's been a huge leader for us this year, even when he's not playing. Um, but collectively we've really come together. There's been a real toughness of belief. And I think we've just embraced the, the adversity. Um, but it's, it's a, it's a great collection of guys. It's been the most fun I've had, um, coaching in, in a bunch of years. And, and obviously the wins are, are really nice, but for me, it's the day to day. I mean, these guys just come into work every single day. They're super motivated, whether we win, whether we lose. And, uh, and again, my coaching staff with TJ Piero, with Machek Sakut, Doug McIntosh, who's a grad assistant. Um, I feel like collectively we've just worked so well together and our off days we're putting in, I mean, there's no off days, you know, we're, we're constantly prepping and planning and trying to figure out what we can do better. And this group collectively has moved together as one unit. And to me, that's the fun part. Again, are you going to lose matches? You're going to win matches, but it's the, the day in, day out, uh, passion and energy that these guys bring, um, is pretty special. You alluded to the steadiness of Garrett. I'm going to include Andrew in that conversation as well. Two of your seniors, Garrett Johns, Andrew Zhang. 
I grew up with Andrew in my area. He's a little younger, but good friends with my cousin. And so I know how calm he is and just poised throughout the course of matches. Same deal with Garrett. They are not the most emotive people. And yet, and again, it's a stupid theory. I'm I'm throwing all the stupid theories at you here. I apologize, coach. But (laughs) how helpful is it? I just feel like they're two very likable guys at the top of your lineup. Like I, I don't know what the case would be against a Garrett Johns or against an Andrew Zhang. And I just wonder, A, what have you reflected as a coach on their steadiness throughout the course of the year and how that does help the rest of the guys? Because you, I know you're not a numbers guy, but 14 and 10, 13 and 8 singles wise, I don't think that's reflective of the contributions Garrett and Andrew have made this year. Yeah, I am so lucky to have those two. Yeah. Um, and again, like you said, they're, they're doing on the court, but their leadership, and I haven't mentioned this yet, but I think one of the biggest things for this year's team has been the the, the, the player leadership. Um, and it starts with Andrew Zhang. He's been our captain for two years now and he's just steady. And you, I just know exactly what I'm going to get from Andrew every single day. And he is calm, but he has a fire in dual matches. He gets, he gets fired up. He brings that passion, that energy that you just don't really expect from him. <laughs> um, but nicest person on the planet. Uh, Garrett's been more of a leader by example. And, you know, he does things the right way. He's very professional. He's playing every single day in the summer, futures, traveling to Europe, training in Mallorca. Like he just does everything, just completely obsessed with the game. Um, And he's really grown into a leadership role this year. Um, We appointed him captain. And again, he's he's the, the leader by example. And then we have Michael Heller, who he's the. He's kind of the heart and soul of the team. You know, he, he's dealt with a lot of injuries um, over his uh, over his career, but he brings a lot of charisma. He's the the talker of that group. But those three guys have have been our rock um, in our leadership core, and they've inspired other people to lead. Um, so it's it's not just the three of them, but I think the collective leadership this year um, from the from the players. It really starts there, and they take ownership of the team. I give those guys so much responsibility, and it's it's their team. I mean, I'm I'm steering the ship, but uh, those are the guys that are putting the work, and it's it's certainly been been fun to see. In that theme, I asked this question. It was impromptu to Caroline Lill, and she gave me a great answer. So I have to work this into the arsenal moving forward. Talking about that team bond, and especially at this stage of the tournament, in a year where talent across the board is just immense and it does feel like it's going to be those teams that trust each other to get through some second set deficits to get through a 2-3 scoreline those little things can make the difference I know again I'm sure you leave it to them to go do their things to bond but what does the Duke men's tennis team do off the court to bond what do they what is your group doing to build that connection you know a a lot of it just comes from them. We have a bunch of them living together off campus. Um, they're spearheading a lot of things. We're, you know, mixing in good, fun things on the road. You know, it, it, to me, again, it's it's more just the the, the day in, day out stuff and, and how they are on the court. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if, if you're not, you know, having fun and pushing each other on the court, then it doesn't matter how great of friends you are off sure. the court. So the real, you know, our focus is is on the court, making these guys better tennis players, and and focusing on the process, and and then it's just it's just natural, you know, yeah. the guys want to hang out together, like they want to do stuff on their own without the coaches doing anything, you know. Sometimes I've forced it, and I've pushed it, and it's not it's not genuine, it's not real, um, but it's uh, it's natural. But it does start with with uh, with the tennis court and and how we are and. 
making sure we're pushing each other and uh, bringing that energy every day in practice. I feel like your group's a group that would play backgammon on, on like the road, like or just, you know, or euchre or something. Fo- foosball. I mean, super yeah. competitive. Like it's, you know, they're asking me for a foosball table in the new tennis center. And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, always competing, always, you know, playing top golf this week. Um, but it's, it's a, it's a, it's a fun group and it's just, uh, it's a lot of fun hanging out with them in addition to the staff. You versus any of the guys on the team, you taking your score over 18 holes? Uh, TJ Pura just got, shot a 73 the other day, really? which is, which is uh, uh, Sean Scully, who graduated. He was a scratch golfer. Um, uh, Zangers, uh, he just finished a golf class. He took a golf class, but but I can still take him. Soccer tennis and handle tennis are two kind of big fun things, and uh, I still dominate with soccer tennis. So. That's what I like to hear. Now, as long as you're getting in the mix with this competition, that's the true sign of a healthy program, truth be told. Yeah. So, and then Machek and TJ, two of the yeah. most competitive dudes you will ever see. So uh, I'm sure just get out there. Yeah, I'm sure TJ still wins the sprints. <laughs> oh yeah no i mean I'm, I'm he's just he's just non-stop turbo and if we get through this weekend the guys run a three-hour practice for tj they can do whatever <laughs> they want they can do fire off side to side for three hours so that was the that was the deal i like that that that's fun well you know speaking of guys of past like the sean scullies and the tj puras you've coached a lot of really good players over your career and you know, I like to fancy myself a college tennis historian, whether it's the Nico Alvarez's, whether it's the Henrik Cunha's, whether it's, you know, Jason Tahir's. I can go on and on, read Carlton's. Those 2011 Duke, like late 2000s, early 2010s, that's my strike zone because that's when I'm like 13 to 17 and <laughs> not doing anything else. And so, you know, locked into all things college tennis. But the point is you've had a lot of good freshmen come through your program. When I watch Pedro Rodinas play, 26 and two overall this year, which just simply put freshmen don't do. I mean, he's a lefty and I'm starting to think you have a type because there are a lot of lefties in that Duke men's tennis lineup. Um, Four. Yeah. It's shout out to you. Not enough lefties out there. It, it's a, it's fun to watch. Um, but the way Pedro just strikes the ball as a freshman, that forehand, you just feel like it's, it's a pro weapon already. Talk to me about the level you've seen from him and how is someone able to have that degree of success so early in their career? So touching on what you said earlier first, uh, I've had so many great people come through the program. And uh, just last month, we had 65 former players come back for a big-time reunion. Almost everyone that you just mentioned was there. How do I get a backpack? I was like, I saw – I was like, can I get the 66th backpack headed my way? There's a lot of good stuff in that backpack. So <laughs> yeah. maybe if we do more of these interviews, I'll, I'll, I'll think about it. You know? <laughs> Get you replacing some of that Michigan stuff. Yeah. But uh, but it, it was really cool just to see, you know, those guys and how much they care about the program and how involved they are and, and get back on the court. I mean, Reed and, and Cooney were playing doubles together. And I was out there with Goulet <laughs> and Joey Addis and all these guys. And it was, it was a lot of fun. But Pedro is special. Um, he is unique. Like you said, I don't care how good you are in juniors it is hard to transition to college tennis and his, you know, his, his fall was tough. Uh, he was like five and four. He lost second round of our IT regionals to a UNC guy. That's not even in their lineup. And, and even during the recruiting process and spending a lot of time with him this past summer, like the talent is there, but he's very up and down. He'd ha- if he had a good week, he could get hot. He could make the finals, but then he could lose first round, you know, three weeks in a row. And, I think the the best thing that we've done, again, TJ Pura, 
Machek spearheading this is just the day in day out commitment to doing everything right on a daily basis in practice and and what you do in practice is going to reflect um in matches and just for me the consistency at what he's doing i knew he could get hot and do good things but the consistency that he's doing it's 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 amazing you know it's it's not normal um yeah, I was kind of joking around that I think a lot of guys just they just expect him to win. And if he wins, it's like, okay, he won. But he's playing really good players. ACC tournament, you know, he's playing Dunne. He's playing, um, you know, he's he's playing Montes, who was ACC player of the year last year. And he beats him three and three. Um, so really proud of what he's doing. But it all starts with the the commitment to the process and putting the work in the, the day in, day out. And he has matured a lot. Um, he has a lot of maturing to do. But um, he's he's been fun to work with. I think the other side of it is he just completely embraces the team aspect. He loves the team. The guys love him, but he loves the the, the team format, which you, you don't really know, especially with international players. You bring them in, you're like, you know, okay, we're playing no ad, we're you know we're playing this dual match stuff, and you stop your matches sometimes. Like it can be a little weird, but he just loves everything about it. Um, he's very humble. He respects the heck out of the the older guys and the upperclassmen. And he's really, you know, gained everyone's trust and respect, but, uh, he's, a he's a, a special, special kid. He's got a really, really bright future, um, at this level and the next level. It reminds me of when Wake Forest added Botzer to that 2018 team. And it was just like, it works, it fits. And you could tell all the older guys embraced him. He embraced just, yeah, the the flow of a college tennis match. And I mean, it helps to have those weapons, right? Like it makes life a little easier on the court. And I am just curious, big picture, how do you go about balancing? Because obviously he's doing a lot of winning now. How do you go about balancing that? I know you like the winning. It's helpful for the team with maintaining that development piece. And, you know, again, knowing that this year is not the end all be all. Yeah, he's very committed to the process. He's very I mean, he's playing pro tennis and that is the the ultimate goal. He's coming to Duke to develop and, and prepare himself for that next level. Obviously, he's getting his top 10 education and all the good stuff that comes with that. But it, it really he he's really embrace the environment and he's growing here. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I have no concerns about his head getting too big or him, you know, he's, he's looking big picture and he's, he's wired the right way with that. Yeah. And, you know, looking at your roster, obviously Garrett, Pedro, Andrew, the combination of results, pedigree, that that's a clear cut top three, you have a lot of options beyond that, whether it's Connor, whether it's Andrew, whether it's Jake or Ferris or, you know, Michael, whoever you want to play on any given day. How have you got gone about, you know, again, balancing, getting playing opportunities this year for everyone with knowing, you know, now that it's NCAA tournament, we got to find our six. It's great to have options. It could be challenging. Um, I actually learned something, listened to you with uh, Roditi, who's one of my favorite coaches, but he uh, he made a good point that he makes all his decisions based on positive. So it's not about, you know, you know, you lose and you're out. Cause I think playing with fear down low is, is not a good thing. And we've had that in the past where we have so many good guys, but no one's really stepping up. So we, we definitely manage things a lot differently. I think we've done a good job with it. Um, just like this weekend, we've, we've had a lot of weekends where we predetermined that this person's going to play, on Friday, this person is going to play on Saturday. We did it with 
you know, our, our first two rounds here, Jay Krug steps up and clinches for us against Wilmington, plays a great match. And then Ferris plays the next day and Jake sits and it takes a special person uh, to be able to handle that. Um, early in the season, Michael Heller, like I said, he's dealt with injuries throughout his career, finally got healthy. He came in, uh, essentially co-clinched our match with Andrew Dale against Louisville on the road in a very funky, weird situation. We played singles first. There was tornadoes coming and we almost didn't play the match. And he, uh, you know, wins four in the third, his highest high of, of his singles college career. And then we tell him the next day, hey, we feel like we need to play Perry Ferris. He hasn't played for you know a couple of weeks. We think it's important for the team. And uh, he said, you know what? I agree. I think that's right. And, and that's, I mean, these guys are all competitors and it just kind of shows where the culture is. And it was actually after that weekend that I said that, you know, Heller has to be captain. Like he just, he has to be captain. What he's saying to the team, how he's speaking up um, after matches and, and the fact that, you know, he handled that situation so well, like this is a guy that we need in an official leadership um, position, but we have a lot of tools. These guys, you know, maybe they're not, um, you know, getting all the accolades that the top couple guys are getting, but they're just as important. Every point is the same. And, you know, Dr. Dale, the machine, like you said, he doesn't miss tennis balls. He's out there right now hitting and uh, he's, he's a grinder. You got, you know, both Krugs have been great. Ferris has been awesome. Stepped up in a, in big moments. Uh, Naroop has really, you know, stepped up for us. Heller has been good. Um, Teddy, Teddy Truitt, who was going to redshirt, he had a really bad back problem. He didn't hit a ball basically in the fall. You know, in the spring, he was he was redshirted, very redshirting him, and he worked so hard in practice and was doing so well that we we decided to play him, and he jumped into doubles, won some big matches for us. So, all ten guys are, are really um, really helping, and it's and it's been a real collective effort, and everyone gets it that it's all about the team. What's been the biggest surprise to you from this season? Uh, I mean, I think what, what Pedro's doing, going back to what we did earlier, yeah. I, I knew he was good. Um, and I knew he was going to get hot, but his consistency, yeah. um, you know, has, has been unbelievable. Um, again, no, no real supply surprises, just really pleased with, with how a lot of things have gone. Um, obviously with how many close matches we've won since that, really since the beginning of the ACC season, um, and the fact that, you know, these guys are they're ready to step up, you know, and they're ready to do this. And and uh, like I said, it's just for me personally, it's been it's been a really enjoyable year. And uh, it's really helped, you know, kind of rejuvenate me, you know. And uh, and again, I uh, just with all the players and, and my coaching staff. Yeah. Plus, and I say this with all affection, got to be a bonus in the contract for ACC Coach of the Year. Like that never hurts. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's been a. It's kind of a bit of fun season, but, you know, obviously Sweet 16 ahead. You guys have a Virginia program. You've already played twice this year, and obviously Andreas is a former Blue Devil, a guy you know very well. Thoughts on that matchup? Thoughts on what it's going to take for you guys to flip the script? I always say it's really hard to beat a team three times in one year. Yeah, I mean, cool backstory there. I mean, you know, Andreas and I were the same year at Duke. We were roommates all four years. Uh, you know, in each other's weddings and and really good friends. He just texted me this morning. Uh, Christian is one of his sons has a birthday on Friday. So we're going to sneak up to that um, day before the match. But I mean, what he's doing is so impressive and the consistency at what he's doing it. Um, he's really set the standard in the ACC. As you know, our conference is tough and to go undefeated 
um, to win, you know, the ACC title. You know, I, I was a little bit surprised that I got ACC coach of the year. Um, I voted for Pedroso. <laughs> um, and, uh, but, but yeah, so I think we've, we've come a long way since that first match. And, uh, and like I said, we made a real commitment to the mental game and, and figuring out what the heck we needed to do to, to, to beat a team like that. ACC tournament, um, you know, a couple of weeks ago, uh, we lost 4-1. Had some real chances in doubles point. We're up 3-1 at 1. We're up 2-0. Game point to go up 3-0 at 3. Um, came out great. Like, no nerves. Like, I, guys were ready. And uh, let it slide a little bit in the middle of the, the doubles. And then singles. Um, uh, so, Pedro wins quickly. Zhang loses pretty quickly. And then everything else is three sets. You know, and, and Jake's up 3-1 in the third. There was about a 15-minute window where I felt like we were going to win. Like, I felt the match was going to flip. You know, Dale was about to go up a break in the third. Jake's up. Uh, Connor just split. Garrett split and had a bunch of chances in the third set. So I feel like we made a big jump. I think obviously we need to make another big jump to to push through. Um, but we respect the heck out of that program. I think, we're again, we're going into it that we're going to win, um, which is, you know, we, we have that belief. It's not let's, you know, let's hope. Let's hope to, you know, play well. And, um, yeah, I think it's going to be a good battle. We're, we're super excited for it. Two follow-ups off of that. One, because there's always a better roommate in that equation. Who was the better roommate? You or Andreas? You know, I I don't know. I, I feel like we were we were both good roommates. We we got <laughs> okay. stuck. What we were we were in a fraternity. We were the lowest pledges because we just didn't do anything. So we got stuck with a lacrosse guy who was for sure the worst roommate. And he just <laughs> just just stepped all over us <laughs> so that, that was the that was a rough year um but no I, I think you know we we get along really well you know it's funny we talked about coaching uh at you know and in my mind i, I felt like we're coaching together and i think it'd be a whole lot easier if we're coaching together because it's really hard to coach against but um yeah. just just really proud of him and, and what he's done and it and you know he, he went into finance uh, i don't know if you know this but you know, I always encourage him. Like he's so obsessed with tennis. He loves tennis so much and he brings so much passion. So I'm really happy that he, you know, got back into, into coaching and then got back into college coaching, even though it's making my life a lot harder. Um, he's really, you know, inspired me. He's pushed me and he's, he's definitely made me a better coach. Yeah, no, it's, it is a fun little note in the rivalry, especially again with you two playing a third time here this season. It, it's going to be a fun battle. Is there a specific matchup, not asking for a match calculus, but again, we're fortunate enough we're going to have this on our broadcast, whether it's the doubles point, one of the singles courts. Is there a matchup we should be locked in on? All, all going to be good matches. Uh, I think doubles points important. I think 5-6 is, yeah. is very important for us. And again, we have some options down there. I think they're pretty set at what they're, what they're going to do. Um, so I think those are important, but obviously – Everything, everything's important. I think we have the ability to win at all spots. Um, I think they're all going to be very competitive. I think we're going to have a lot of similar matchups. And, um, you know, all I, all I can say is we're going to be ready. We're going to go after it. And um, we'll see what happens on Saturday. I like that. I'm looking forward to Kiefer Dale. I agree. I think that's going to be a really fun one at five. Um, Super Regional versus Host Site. I know this is your first time getting to travel on the road here for the Sweet 16, but what are your thoughts on this format versus having those final 16 in one location? 
Yeah, it's a great question. First time I've been in this in this mix here. I, I certainly see both sides. Um, I've been a part as a, as a player and a coach of that Thursday 9 a.m. back tier match at the main site, sure. which doesn't feel that special, whether it's at you know, Stanford or Georgia or, or wherever. Um, you know, not many people. Just not. You're you're at the final site, which is really cool, but. Um, it just doesn't feel that special. Um, there are going to be a lot of people in Charlottesville. I mean, it's, it's, you know, maybe not going to be in our favor, even though, you know, we, we, we like that. We like playing with, with crowds and hostile environments. Um, but, uh, you know, it's going to be a big deal. You know, it's graduation weekend there. And, and I think we're going to have an opportunity to really showcase that round of 16 match. So obviously there's an advantage for, for the home team. Um, and then the final piece is, you know, that that last stage is a lot more manageable, obviously, with the men and women together, which I think is is a really good thing for college tennis. Um, but, you know, managing 16 total teams as opposed to 32, mm-hmm. it allows, uh, you know, more sites to, to be options. And I think it allows you to run it better. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I see both sides. We'll see. Uh, maybe I'll call you after the match on Saturday and let you know how I feel. This is good. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 we'll get the data points right. If it's a victory, yeah. we're doing this every year. Like, there's no doubt. Yeah. Lock it in. Yeah. Um, but, I, I, I like it though. I, I, yeah. I like it, and um, you know, I, I think it's good for college tennis. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it, it's definitely an advantage for. But hey, they've earned that advantage. You know, they worked the whole year to get top top eight. Okay, they, they get an advantage. I'm fine with that. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Last two for you, and I'm going to exclude – you can't say Andreas for this question. You'll understand what I mean in a second. I want to ask all of you coaches because it's been a great year. There have been so many fantastic storylines. Obviously, with the additional COVID year of eligibility, I, I've been joking around. We're going to look back five years from now and be like, remember when Yarlagata was listed seven for the UNC women? And just like, I'll be laughing at that fact. Um is there a team, coach, player, storyline, whatever it may be this season outside of your program that you've been following or that has particularly impressed you throughout the course of the year? Great question. And I could go so many different ways with this. Um, obviously, my main focus is on my team. I don't get too involved in the you know the other stuff. All I know is, you know, I see what Texas is doing. Um, Bruce Burke, just unbelievably impressive. Uh, Rodidi, one of my favorite dudes out there, you know, back to back indoors titles. I mean, that is that is really, really, really impressive. Um, Ohio State does its thing. You know, I mean, they're super, super tough. They're going to be really, really tough uh, this time around. I mean, more in my region, you know, seeing NC State on the women's side um, winning their first ACC title and what Simon is doing there is is unbelievably impressive and then unc on the women's side i mean i know they lost that match but it is it's so hard to to go undefeated and you know the pressure that that entails um but you you hit on the head i mean college tennis is so exciting there's so many cool things going on and so many so many great teams and great coaches and it's so competitive um that's it's exciting to to be part of yeah well then my last question for you in that spirit 16 teams remaining Sweet 16 Super Regionals this weekend. Is there a favorite right now to win the title? Another great question. I don't know. I really I really don't know. I think there's a, a I think every team left has a chance. I think there's obviously a cluster at the at the top that's favored, but I don't I don't see a favorite 
again, I'm just, we're focusing on, on us, but I think, I know there's a lot of teams that can do it. And once you put yourself in this position, anything can get, ha can happen. I mean, you saw what Virginia did last year, you know, they start off, I think they were five and five. We played them first match uh, of the regular season of the ACC regular season. They were five and five. They, I think they lost five matches in a row. Yeah. And, and then they got hot and you see how they played in the tournament last year and obviously how they're, they're playing now. So it's really who can come together, who's healthy. Um, and you know, who has that, that collective team trust and, um, belief and, but all these, all the teams can do it. So that's the fun part. We got to see, go out there and play and see what happens. Yeah. I don't think that's a cop-out answer for the record. I think that's just where we're at in college tennis. Like you don't have a 2018 Wake Forest. You don't have those Virginia teams, USC teams of years past. You've got like nine of them. You don't just have one. You've got, or, you know, 16 of them left across the board. Like it's a really fun year. It's going to be a really fun home stretch. And again, all of it made more fun with the presence of the Duke Blue Devils. It's been so great for us here at Cracked Rackets to get to watch it all and uh, obviously appreciate your support of all we do with the ACC Cross Court cast and your tolerance of my nonsense of over the years, Coach. So this was long overdue. Very much appreciated getting the chance to chat with you and obviously wishing you and your team luck uh, throughout the course of this weekend. Thanks so much. Uh, pleasure chatting with you. Like you said, long overdue. Uh, appreciate you and, and your crew and everything you do for college tennis. Um, you're providing the exposure that we that we need. Let's talk more. Let's talk more after wins. And uh, again, thanks for everything that you do. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it, Coach. Good luck to you and the team. And I will see you because I know you have individuals. So regardless, I will see you in Orlando. Sounds great. We'll see you there. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Hope all of you enjoyed this edition of our 2023 NCAA Sweet 16 Press Row. A massive thank you to every player and coach who participated in this series. We're all excited for the home stretch of the 2023 NCAA season. Hopefully these episodes help all of you feel more prepared for the impending action. Speaking of which, if you need to catch up on anything that's happened in this NCAA tournament, Tuesday, Wednesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern time, we'll have episodes of The Deciding Point recapping everything that that's happened to date. Of course, we'll also have coverage of the Sweet 16 Friday, Saturday on our Crack Rackets YouTube channel. We'll have coverage of the quarterfinals of the D1 event. We're also going to start to work in some D2, D3 coverage as well. So rest easy college tennis fans we have you covered with coverage of everything that'll happen down the stretch of this 2023 season of course a shout out here at crack rackets to the man who makes all of that possible our super producer daniel westoff who has a f of an editing job to do day in day out a shout out as well to our dear friends at turna for their support turna tough best grip in the business you can find it wherever you shop for your tennis supplies today with all of that said for our fantastic guest our super producer daniel westoff our friends at turner and from all of us here at both crack rackets and the tennis channel podcast network i'm your host alex gruskin you've been listening to another edition of the cracked interviews podcast stay safe stay healthy talk to you all soon thanks everyone